This Sam Mays Podcast Roadshow is brought to you by Pettit Insurance in Norman. Remember, you're always in good hands with Allstate. On the Monday of game week, it's just different. It hits different. It feels different. It's uh, something that has been in my blood my whole life. So when you listen to Red Dirt music, it's like that last rebel sound to me. It is a combination of uh, southern rock and jazz and uh, bluegrass. And and for Skip Bayless to come out and say, I don't feel bad for him and kind of belittle him and say, how dare you? How dare you as the leader of America's team show weakness? Honestly, I want to say what I want to say. This is the Sam Mays Podcast. Welcome. I'm Sam Mays. And today we have Miss Sheridan Leak, Mrs. Sheridan Leak. She is a, I can't do it. I can't do it. It is, you are a athletic, athletic compliance, compliance officer. Coordinator. 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 There it is. Yeah, athletic compliance coordinator. I tried that six times before I hit the power button there. And as soon as I got to that part, I was like, I'm going to screw this up. In your face. I'm blaming Big O because because we're here at his barbecue restaurant in Edmond. And I told that man, I said, oh, I'm going to eat when I get home. Don't make me anything. And didn't he go make that potato and put it down in front of me? I ate two-thirds of it. I'm exhausted. I'm out of breath. And and now i got to sit here and podcast. I can't remember anything. Exhausted from eating it or from having to pick it up and move it over? Right. Six pounds later, (laughs) here I am. So there's that. There's that. I've embarrassed myself in front of our guest. It's. Uh, I said I'm gonna have a couple of bites. Next, you know, I'm hoovering this thing as she's talking to me. Like it's you got a little barbecue sauce in your arm. I'm sorry about that. No problem. Yeah, that's what hanging out with the boys, the offensive line. That's what you're gonna get. You're gonna get a little food shrapnel. When you eat at Big O's, you don't need lip balm after you leave yeah. here. Like O called me out when I went up there to get an extra drink. He said, "You look out of breath." I was like, "I don't." <laughs> Like, I, don't, I don't feel like that's how you should be treating me right now, sir. That's not fair. Yeah. I'm not in eight-pound potato shape, sir. I'm not, no one is. I mean, that's the biggest potato I've ever seen. Right. Is that like three of them sewed together? He, he sold like 60 of those today. Yeah. And he's got one up there called The Undertaker, which is bigger. Like, than that? Than that, That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Is, is, that, is that, in fact, one potato? That's one potato. Where do you get those? Right. Like, puppy could fit in that thing. It's like a calf wrapped in foil. <laughs> right, a human stuffed calf. Stuffed with chili and cheese. Yes. Brisket. I mean, it, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like three potatoes. It's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. It's the greatest I'm thing ever. Kind of jealous that you got the last one. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. But I, I bit into my brisket sandwich, and it's the first time I've ever bit into a brisket sandwich and had grease run down my face. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. This is delicious. This is, yeah. That's what's up. That's it was awesome. Up. All right, so we have, uh, this is part two of, of the series here that uh, I started this week, Work Hard, Play Hard, Brand Hard, as we are discussing the name, image, and likeness conversation in college football right now. It looks like collegiate athletes are going to be able to take advantage of the job that they're doing on campus for the first time ever, and there's a lot that goes into that. So episode one of this, or part one of this series with, with, was with Adam Francisco. Uh, we talked a lot of bit about what's, what branding is happening already in sports and understanding that uh, Russell Westbrook 
does everything he does with a purpose, right? Uh, he, he's that flamboyant, the dress, the whole nine yards, the attitude in the court. That's all about who he is in his entire brand, on and off the court. And he's made more money doing those things away from basketball than he's done in the NBA. And I think the reality is the second that we just accept that that's kind of how we're being fed things and marketed to, uh, it's easier us to think about how college kids are going to be able to do some of the same things. So we've got Sheridan here to uh, kind of give us the compliance side of things, or at least you know what the image looks like for colleges moving forward and how they're going to manage this situation. And I guess I'll start with this. You know, this was kind of like pulling teeth a little bit, you know, getting us to this point, And it really just came down to, is, are we doing the right thing? You know, when you start talking about what scholarships are worth, I think in 2000, my scholarship was $34,000 a year to Oklahoma State, which is a pretty d- good number at that point. I'm sure it's probably double that now. But, you know, $34,000 and room and board and food compared to the billion-dollar business that Division One football is, it's it's time to do the right thing. You know, when, when you can look at Baylor's whole athletic facility and thank Robert Griffin for it, when Baker Mayfield's Heisman's worth $140 million, and then next year Kyler does it again, right? I mean, these are, these are major money moments that – the university is taking massive advantage of and building everything. And the players, they do, they win Heisman's and they get all the fame and they get a chance at the NFL and they get taken care of and all those things. But they're, it's not, it's just not fair at this point. It's, and that right. sounds so juvenile, but in reality, it's just true. It's just not fair. And so I think that the fact that we've gotten to this point where we're having this conversation is a positive. So, um, you know, I mean, what does it look like at this? Like, how are we moving forward? Where are we at now? And what's going to the next six months going to look like? Well, as of right now, today, we are waiting on the Supreme Court to hear a case. That, that's where we are. Um, Alston versus NCAA is going to be held by the Supreme, or heard by the Supreme Court uh, at the end of March. Okay. Um, so NCAA convention happens every year, and we were supposed to, as an institution, vote on name, image, and likeness for Division Two, just like Division One would do in three. And the Justice Department called up Mark Emmert and said, hold on, buddy. You've got a case at the Supreme Court. And on top of that, we're not sure about all this antitrust stuff. Right. So they said, you can't move forward right now. Okay. So literally right now. We're in a pause. We're in a pause. And we are waiting to see if NCAA is going to win at the highest court in the land. Okay, so we're, we're going to dive into some more details of this here uh, in a second. But I've, I've got to ask, you you sit down, you walk in the room, and obviously we, this is the first time we've all met each other. And I'm thinking, well, that there's Sheridan, and she looks way younger than, than I thought you were. I thought, I'm like, she's fresh out of school. And then I'm like, how did she get into compliance? You're right. Uh, turns yeah. out you are, you just turned 30. Congratulations. I know you... Uh, I made it. You, you made it there. Uh, I know that that's a hard number for a lot of people. I think it was a hard, it was a hard number for me. I'm like, man, I'm out of my 20s, right? Yeah. Uh, and you just had a baby a year ago. Uh, yeah. Your son, what is his name? George. George is the, the cutest thing ever. You can follow uh, Sheridan on Instagram and, uh, and check out little George. He's, he's pretty cute. Thank you. You like being a mom? Love it. Better right, than cool. I could have even expected. What is the, uh, so compliance, you know, we both kind of, I, I don't know why I... You, know, you think compliance, and I've been like I said, I've been calling you an officer all week. And like you just feel—I don't know—it just feels like an authority figure, right? Absolutely, uh, it, it t- was when we were in school. Man, if, see, I don't even remember the compliance. Well, man, maybe y'all didn't. I mean, we had a compliance office when we were in school because I mean they had to keep tabs on people getting free stuff and everything that was going <laughs> oh, yeah. on. So, right. 
Yeah, whenever the compliance guys would come down or you would get the call that you needed to visit with them, it was not good. Right. Because you could not make money then. So it was basically like, what did you do or who saw you get something? Oh, yeah. You know? I so got gotcha. you. it was, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I never, I mean, I, I feel like I got a lot of free stuff when I was in college and never got called to compliance. But it was a different level at Oklahoma. I guess they're probably taking things a little more. Well, yeah. you can get some things. Yeah. Just depends. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll talk about that, too. Um, so, give me, where are you from? How did, what, what, how we get here? Um, originally from Oklahoma City. Um, I actually graduated from Southmore the first year it opened. Okay. That kind of gives you an idea. I went to Westmore and then took the opportunity to go to Southmore the first year it opened. Um, was ready to go to the University of Oklahoma. Um, had a roommate. Everything was raring to go. And then competed my first year at Miss Oklahoma and became Rookie of the Year. Won a large scholarship to Oklahoma City University. And I took it and never looked back. So I attended awesome. Oklahoma City University. Um, got a undergrad degree in Justice Studies. And I was well on my way to law school. Um, and then kind of a life thing happened. And I decided, okay, I'm not ready yet. So I went to UCO, where I'm at now. Um, took some courses towards a master's degree um, in management of criminal justice. Still going in that same track. But I knew if I stopped going to school, I'm going to like making money. And, and I'm never going to go, go back. Right. Yep. I had the just enormous opportunity um, to have money to go to school. So I told myself, don't stop. Right. Went to UCO. And said, nope, I'm going to law school. So I went to law school, went to OCU, and hardest three years of my life, for sure. Not an easy gig, but, man, um, totally worth it. Um, every day I'm glad I did it. But, you know, you graduate, and then there you go. You got to take the bar. All right? I studied my complete butt off. Yeah. Um, gave up so many things in my life just to make sure I was studying correct for the bar. Never missed a beat. Fail up by two questions. Oh. I was devastated. I yeah. really thought, my life's over. Right. Like, I just failed the bar after three years of horrible law school. And so I'm like, I got to get a job. Right. I just got married, and my husband had already become an attorney two years prior. Um, we met in law school. And he's doing medical malpractice defense and just killing it. And here I am. Like, I just failed the bar. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm looking for a job. And I'm an athletics fanatic. I've been going to OU football games since I could walk. And I told myself, you know, I know a lot of people with the JD get into compliance. Right. I'm like, I think I want to do this. So I see an opening at Southern Nazarene University. I have zero experience, right? I mean, I'm fresh out of law school. And I applied for the job and got it. Holy crap. And I was just over the moon, right? right. Like, here we go. Like, I'm right. going to, I just. The a path. Thought, You're on a path. Yes. The thought of being in, I like school, obviously, right. if you looked, it, it, just listen to what I said, obviously. Yeah. That was a whole lot the of decade, school. The whole decade you spent yeah. doing it. I appreciate higher ed. I, you know, respect education. And I thought, well, I get to be in higher ed. I get to be around athletics. And I get to do compliance. Like, this is going to be awesome. So I spent about two years at SNU and then take an opportunity at UCO. And here I am now. Amazing. Yeah. So, so you love it? I love it. 
Okay, so give me your give me your just your daily routine away from this conversation with the name, image, and likeness. But what are you what are you in charge of? What do you do? So I'm on the compliance team with Jeremy Rogers. He's been at UCO for nine years now, so he is just a pro. And he actually had my same story um, out of law school. He mm. went to OU for law school with his wife and um, decided to get into athletic compliance and never looked back. But our team is kind of all hands on deck, right? You know, obviously he, he's been in this business for a long time, and I'm the newbie. But, you know, he's very respectful of all hands on deck and let's tackle all this together as right. a team. And so I handle things, official visits, um, transfer waivers, violations, oh. right? Oh. See, um, there it is. There's the opposite uh-huh. part. See her smile on her face when she said violations? Yeah. yeah. But we also do a lot of programming. We um, are – and Jeremy and I are both on the Title IX team at UCO. So what I love about it is every day is different. You know, I mean – one day I'm working on a waiver to get a student athlete here from another four year or another two year and the next minute <laughs> something's happened and we're having to act to, you know, work on a violation that we have to report. But it's not all bad and it's not all, hey, compliance, a little scary, you know. There's right. there's some fun in there and we get to be at sporting events too. Right. Yeah. And so it's it's just it's all the good things put together for us. And so we saw them all. All over the place. But they weren't the people we were going over and being friendly with. We were just like, and then yeah. we were over here. See, <laughs> the only image I have remembering of a compliance camera recruiting trips, and it always feel like my coaches were, like, avoiding them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they didn't want to talk to, uh, to yeah. the compliance people it's during those. like HR. Yeah. Yeah. But different. You but seem a lot nicer than HR. Well, as far good. as, like, whenever they're coming towards you, it's the feeling of, like, HR coming towards you. Right. That's usually what it was like. Oh. I, I will say that's the feeling a lot. But, you know, our doors are always open. And I feel oh, like yeah. we have some of the best relationships because I've had kids, you know, who want to transfer, walk in my office, shut the door, and they're like, I got to talk to you. And I'm like, I, that's all. I feel so good about that because you just felt comfortable enough to talk to me about this. You know, so we are definitely that. I like to tell people I'm 50-50, right? I'm half student athlete, half coach, right? Because you have to wear both hats. Right. So in every circumstance that you're dealing with day in and day out, you have to be aware of both of those things. And you have to make sure that you're having both of their interests. So. so when it comes to the name, image, and likeness conversation, I know we are on a halt due to what's going on in the Supreme Court, but it, it looks like they're trying to expedite this deal. Uh, so hopefully we'll get some sort of decision here quickly. I was under the impression that this is going to start this next year, but you think it'll be a, two, a season from now? I was just talking to Jeremy about this, actually. I truly believe it's going to be fall 22. Fall 22. Okay. So fall 22, how are you in compliance or what do you know to prepare for at this point? Like, what from a university standpoint, give me the outlook and, on how the university feels about it and what they have to put their hands on and deal with to make this thing happen. To be completely honest, uh, I think from a university perspective, the number one thing they're worried about is their budget. Okay. Because you got to think, okay, let's say we have a sponsor – who's been donating to UCO football and paid X amount of dollars for that program, right? Oh, I already see where this is going. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, 
this sponsor says, you know what, I actually just want to sponsor the quarterback because I know that that's going to get the most attention. And now you just lost X amount of money, and what are you going to do about it? Well, yeah. potentially nothing. Right, and then that, that budget for that institution could have major implications. It's, it, and this goes on and on and on. I mean, you could, yeah. you could put up 20 scenarios. Just like that. So interesting how, and the, the crazy thing is, that matters at UCO, and it matters at Oklahoma, right? Yeah. So if you are at UCO, you're talking about a budget that is an ecosystem, right? Every penny is being allocated to every little thing to try to make sure there's enough meat and potatoes to get everybody through the season. That's including the non-revenue, Absolutely. no one's going, no one, you know, sports that people are there competing in. Their scholarships need to be paid somehow. And then there's Oklahoma, who, you know, now you get some, I don't know, Gatorade that's like, yeah, we want Spencer Rattler to do this, and that is, instead of Oklahoma to do it, and that's millions, right? That's a potentially a million-dollar deal. The contracts. Right. Right there. I mean, just this, that scenario alone that you just described, I mean, you know, let's, oh, you now is Jordan, right? They've got this Jordan contract. Who knows how far out that's signed. Right. Right. And... That bringing in Gatorade or mm-hmm. something else could have major implications on that contract, and it's could just get ugly and sticky real quick. I think probably the thing that I'm I, I am here, like I said to start this thing, I'm here for student athletes to get paid, and that is from the perspective of a Division One athlete that built a brand in school. That even as an offensive lineman, I feel like I would have done pretty well for myself with junior as a junior and senior, right? right? I can't, I, you know, for the track kid, uh, for the track kid at UCO who earned that scholarship in, in four years of school and their parents were just as excited as mine and there might be 200 people over the lifetime of their, that watched them do that event, right? Right. Potentially we lose those sports here, Right. If, the, if that was – because if you're talking, taking I mean, massive budget hits here, potentially you lose those sports, and now you're just focused on the revenue sports. Yeah. I, but I think you have to move the conversation, right? Okay. So when you're looking at a student-athlete, it's n- not all the big-skill stuff, right? It's that student-athlete that now can post on social media mm-hmm. and use that as a revenue right. potentially, right? And so – you're not wrong. It's just there could be other ways for them to be to benefit. Right. Right. Well, yeah. There's that's there's the got to be some type of a standardized way. I mean, I I don't think that contracts are necessarily would be fair. Really. I mean, bringing in and signing contracts with these. Yeah. I mean, if they if they can get paid off of like their social media accounts, like she's saying. But without, like, a contractual obligation, if that's even doable, I would assume it is somehow. But that, but, I mean, if the if the university itself is going to pay them, I would think that that needs to just be a standardized payment across the board. Well, so, the university won't be paying them. Right, yeah. And that's so the one thing. just them. I, yeah. I do want to say, a lot of people get confused on this topic and think, you know, pay to play. That's right. not what we're doing here. The NCAA, I think, does a good thing to try to get it out there that this is a right to publicity. 
right. Like this is not, hey, I'm going to pay you to play for us. Right. That that's not what this is. It's it's all about your name, the image you create, and the likeness you're creating by being that student athlete. Okay. So like. it's all about the publicity of it. So now, now we're just talking about, I mean, fair market value, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what we're looking at here. And so that's where, and I'm, I'm with you. It does seem awfully big and awfully scary and awfully involved. The reality is every year some 18-year-old kid that's you know, leaving his first year of college basketball gets paid to go to the NBA and gets a shoe deal. So this is happening a lot, right? It's already yeah, happening. Right. But on the, inside of college, like – I've seen what happens when players make more than the coaches outside of college. Oh yeah, and I'm, I don't really want to see that inside of college. Yeah, I, I'm, I, especially with players that young. I'm with you. I complete. I'm 100 percent with you. <laughs> the problem is, just because we're scared, it's like the sanctity of the sport, right? Like I don't want college football or basketball to get screwed up by money. No, but it's just. It's going to happen. It's not fair. It's yeah. not. Like, we can't tell these kids we're going to have, like, Alabama's brand because of what they've done. I mean, it's a, we say this all the time in this podcast. College athletics is about the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's. How many coaches do you think in top 25 Division One football right now could win a championship with Alabama's roster? Probably 17, 16 of them. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, it's about the, the players or, or what's motivating this thing. Moving this thing, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, think of if OU wins a national championship this year, which is a real possibility, what is Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray to this championship? The beginning, the foundation, right? The foundation of this, of this multi-million dollar national championship for the University of Oklahoma, which helps them expand their already national brand. Like, it is scary and wild and crazy. And to think that some of these college kids are going to be millionaires potentially in their four years, but it's the thing that we have to do now moving forward because too many of these – the beating that I took in Les Miles' offense at four years at Oklahoma State, the beating that guys like Bear Jones took in four years in Nick Saban's offense, Bear Jones in the league for like two years after that because of what he paid, the price that he paid, the price that you paid, yeah. knee surgery after knee surgery. Like it's okay. The CT conversation, I that is – the mental. Yeah. Like mental. every – yes. I mean, th- we, ha- we are paying a price – and somebody else is benefiting from it. So it is, I, I'm 100% like, what does Des Bryant look like as a sophomore with $100,000 in his bank account? It's terrifying. It really is. <laughs> and almost to the point that you've, I feel like maybe one day Sheridan's having a conversation about handlers, people yeah. that are re- well, ass- assigned to some of these kids. Yeah, there's got to be. Right, because now what? Des has got to. You have something. to have that conversation. Yeah. yeah. And there will be quote-unquote agents yeah. for these kids. And There's I no, will yeah. say a pro to that, what you just said. But that kid might be able to fly his mom to a game. Oh, yeah, for sure. That kid might be able to help. Buy a house, yes. Yeah. The, it, so, you, it's again, it's just what I was talking about before. I have to constantly put the right hat on. Right. Put the right hat on and make sure I'm seeing it through the lens and I need to see it. And for these kids, the abuse is possible. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and you hope they have the right people around them. But there are the pros that come with it. Right. So you just hope that there's both. And I think right now, NCAA definitely does not have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. It's going to take time for us to get there and to tell you if what, if, did I know what my job's going to look like in five years? You have no idea. Absolutely not. Right. But that's also what's fun. Right. Is knowing, hold on tight, let's go. 
you know, so and on, see what's going to happen. Have you heard this conversation in, in lockers or rooms or from kids? Anybody mention this? Well, I will say I do work at a Division Two institution. Right. Mm-hmm. It is a little different. Love my love my right. love my Broncos, uh, but. You know, I think there are discussions at OU and OSU right now about this. Right. This is going to hit them and have a different kind of effect than it is at UCO. And not to say it won't, you know, but they're smaller conversations. Right. What yeah. you, as far as, uh, I mean, if you're Oklahoma and Oklahoma State right now, like I, I wonder what their thought process is as far as from a preparation standpoint. Any idea, you know, where they might be at? I don't think anyone's doing much about it right. now from a legal perspective. So one thing that some people may not know about compliance is, so Jeremy and I's boss is not the AD. It's legal counsel, right? Uh, oh, I didn't know that. That's any, any school that's got it figured out, in my opinion, that's, they have it like that. And they might have it like that for a reason, but they have it like that at OU, the compliance team, one of the reasons you might not have saw them is because they were over at legal. Oh, yeah. And that's what you want. Right. Right. And that's why a lot of people with, you know, a law degree are in this business because it bleeds over so easily. Right. And, yeah, I mean, you, I don't think anyone can really prepare. Right. But that kind of gives you a little bit of it. You feel like we're going to lose college athletics to this? No. Like just lose the – overall feel of it is it going to feel like a semi-pro league you know is it going to take that next step i actually think one of the biggest hits that that's going to happen is high school i think kids are going to lose that spirit of high school i think high school sports are going to change because i think they're going to turn into schools that are just breeding athletes yeah and And branding athletes And, right. people, and these kids are going to go to these schools, kind of like what the, the NBA conversation has been about. It, it's going to be about breeding and branding and yeah. trying to get them ready and them missing that spirit Missed of prom right. and that senior night. And I don't want that. You know, wouldn't you argue, I would argue, that we're kind of already there. You know, when you look at – um, you know, just this last week, you know, Evan Santa Fe had their Double Wolf Dare Week. It's like this week of, of fundraising for uh, their Dragonfly group in, in Oklahoma City, which is incredible, right? Um, you know, they raised a ton of money, but when you look at the, the way that they did this, so much of it is just social media driven, and these kids have these, like the president of the student council, the vice president of the student council, they're like many celebrities in their school, right? And their social media pages matter and they all have podcasts and they all, you know, communicate in this crazy, you know, just constant 24-hour cycle where they're always talking to somebody about something, right? These TikToks and like that's how they communicate. It's like they're already doing it on some level. Kids are already building their own brands in some level. You look at their Instagram pages and each tile is a different, like perfect color, the way that it matches and it flows. And if you just widen your screen a little bit, it makes a picture. Like, what do you, you know, like that's just kind of who they are on a normal uh, basis. So I just, you know, I don't know that it's, it's going to be a whole, I mean, now just it's more focused because of an athlete. I just feel like maybe we're already there. Like, I think we're probably 20 years away from, you know, going to an apartment complex or to lease an apartment and them asking how many social media followers do you have? Yeah, you know, and you're wow. getting an opportunity to live there or not live there based off of what your following looks like. Like that's the I think we're headed that direction. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be based off of your credit is going to be like your likes, 
from yeah. dealing yeah. with people. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's what it's going to evolve into. Yeah. I mean, we are so connected now and so uh, just visible. Everybody's telling their true, real stories. Like, and some of it is great, you know, and some of it's like, whoa, everybody's oversharing. You know, we know too much about all these people, but there's got to be, you know, like I said, it, it, I, I would rather these kids be prepared. I would rather Sheridan be on campus preparing people, you know, for this next step in their life uh, than, than not. Like, we have to get them ready. We have to get them ready for what this looks like. The parents are going to play. Huge and they already Hello. They already play such a vital role in their child's life. But now they've got to pivot. Right. And they're going to have to pivot yeah. and put on that different hat to be Avengers. able to. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's a Justin Bieber. They just Everybody's got a new job. <laughs> this is perfect. That was the perfect uh, way to, to end that, that conversation. You uh, you led into the segue for the next podcast, part three. There we That's go. fantastic. Um, you, you did exactly what I wanted you to do, and I think we have a better idea of where this is going to go. The universities essentially are um, kind of just waiting yeah. and, uh, and hoping for the best here, but for that budget conversation is real, and you know, when you start taking money away from people, the university are clearly going to look for ways to make up on that. And now you've got conversations of, cool, you're going to uh, be endorsed by Gatorade. Well, we, we get 20% of that because of mm-hmm. playing here at Oklahoma, which is how it should be. You know, I'm not saying that those yeah. kids don't owe them anything. They do. But it does add a very interesting relationship between player and coach. And, you well, know, what if they're a Powerade school? Yeah, and, what if they're, and what if they're a Powerade school? Yeah. See, just like the NFL, I mean, who you're playing for trumps you. Yeah. Like I had a Nike scholar, or Nike deal, but the NFL had a Reebok deal. So the only thing that you could wear that wasn't Reebok was your shoes. But, like, if you had gloves or socks, it all had to be Reebok. Yeah. That was NFL, you know, that's part of your uniform. So if you're at Norman – and you sign with somebody else, it's not going to matter because you're going to be wearing Jumpman on Saturday. Right. Unless they let you get out of something, but I doubt it. You know, the other thing that's interesting here is from a recruiting standpoint, which you know this game is dirty already. Uh, I mean, some real – there's some real stuff happening in recruiting today. You know, we were talking yes. about hundreds of thousands of dollars transferring hands, uh, whether it's cryptocurrency or – Whatever it might be, kids are getting paid. McDonald's bags full of cash at Tennessee. When you did you read that story? Incredible. Yes. Like when you read stuff like that, what do you think? How the heck did they get away with that? But you know, as a compliance person, Jeremy and I always joke about can you imagine what we don't know about? Oh yeah. And I mean and again, we're UCO at the division two level and we feel like that sometimes. Um so and, and the thing about it is in compliance, you want to have violations, right? The right kind yeah. of violations because it looks like you're obviously doing your job. Right. But when you get into these major ones like you just described, that's a whole different ballgame. Right. Yeah. If you've, like if people you've are never jobs. reported yourself oh, for yeah. anything and then there's a monster one, that's probably going to look shady. Absolutely, and there's <laughs> going to be a fine attached to it, and your, your university is now responsible for paying that. The death penalty. I, I wonder how, like, if you, how, I mean, I don't know how you can even answer this question. Like, you know, I ask myself a lot, how corrupt is college football today, right? Mm-hmm. If on a level from. Just enough. Is it just enough, or is, just it, enough. Or is it Sopranos? You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of in that, it's probably Sopranos. We just don't want to see it. And what we yeah. see is just enough. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. 
Yeah. I think there's, and you wonder, you know, with ability to make money legally now, you wonder if some of that corruption maybe goes away. Um, or maybe so. Th- or with this, does it just bring a new brand of it? Right? Do, are you dealing now? Does Sheridan have different villains that she's looking out for? In this world, which is probably what it is, oh, you know, I was corruption. Say, with, with, I think that's what it yeah, would be. With money comes corruption, and if it's not corruption from uh, vendor to student athlete, then it's it's corruption from. Well, I sell boats here in Oklahoma City. I know that boy just signed up, so I'm going to go down there and show him this boat, and I'm going to charge him this much for it, and it's thirty percent more than it's actually worth. But that kid's eighteen; he's going to buy it. Corruption is going to happen. I, I I really do hope that we do our best to protect these kids. Uh, I also feel like the more that the kids' money they get, the less obligated people are going to feel like to protect them. It's like you're a big business now. You're a businessman now. Yeah. You know, you're a businesswoman now. You're making decisions you for yourself now. You can afford to hire a team at this Yeah, point. absolutely. So, and yeah, and then now either they're going to hire the right team or Johnny's going to go call his uncle up. Yep, family and, or yeah, friends. And, that, and see, now it's, it's, you know, family and friends. I, I need my team on the sideline. Like, that's the part that freaks me out. Like, how how much of a circus is this going to be? And how much does little things like that matter to a kid? Oklahoma's buttoned up. I love the way they operate. It's like we, we allow you on the sidelines if you are a Grammy-winning, you know what I mean? Like, you, it takes some stuff to get down there. you got to be somebody to get down there. Yeah. Sam Mays is not standing on the sidelines of an OU game. I can stand on the sidelines at a lot of games if I wanted to. So it's like... You know, you I don't see envision OU ever allowing that to happen, but let's just say LSU's like, yeah, no, cool. You can have the family down here. Is that going to be the difference between them choosing LSU and choosing o- Oklahoma? Well, see, it's going to force the hand of NCAA to act right. and continuously have to react instead of being able to be proactive. You work for the NCAA? No. No? Okay. No. So I'm going to tell you this. I think the NCAA doesn't do anything at all. No. So what is no. – that, that's also terrifying. Exactly. So, like, LSU's situation right now, which looks like the whole right. town is just covered in feces. Like, it's a it's a shithole. And I have a feeling it's not going to end up that bad. Right. Like, these dudes, LSU, and, you know, Les Miles is in the news today for inappropriate contact with female students. Uh, he wasn't charged with, he didn't sleep with anybody, apparently, but inappropriate contact somehow, some way. LSU releases that story today to the USA Today, and I'm like, LSU, y'all, you just happen to find these documents and release them today, or are you deflecting? Like, yeah. everybody's looking at you, right? The NCAA knows everybody's looking at them. This is them telling some reporter, don't report that story, but we'll, re- we'll give you this to report that. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. Let's have coach at LSU in forever. Why would you even – and this, it's, and he wasn't even fired for this. And it says – we didn't find anything that would get him fired. It says that. He might have kissed a student. That was in the report, but it was unproven. They just happened to throw that out there today. Like, I feel like they're hiding in plain sight, and the NCAA still hasn't done anything. Yeah. Well, they're down. <laughs> Not to justify anything, but they're operating probably at 25% or something yeah. like that because they've had furloughs and different things like that. So who even knows? It's free for all. It's, it's, it's wild. Free, it's it a is, wild west. It is wild. College athletics come in the wild west. Yeah. How can we exploit it more? Saddle up. <laughs> Sheridan, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. You were fantastic. I think I will probably try to get you on 
Uh, when we get NCAA stories that break that are ridiculous, you're going to get a call from me that says, we would love for you to come on and talk about what happens no next. Problem. Yeah. Um, you know, even like when you talk about the Baylor situation, the Penn State stuff, like uh, these are massive stories that I would love your insight on uh, in the future. Unfortunately, that stuff is going to happen again. And would you be willing to give your insight on some of those? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Like that's why I asked if you work for NCAA. I'm like, cool. No. It's no. like inside information here. but I like, just enforce NCAA bylaws. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. Thank you. Of course. Thank right, you. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. That's great. The Sam Mays Podcast is a production of P-Squared Media.